Hello. Do you normally sit that close? No, but like, it feels good. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to this Film and Color episode 10. We are very much in the studio, and we are very happy to be with you once again. Hopefully, our production problems from last episode have been resolved. Uh, we really apologize for that. It, we, we tried our best to salvage it in post-production, and we're just simply unable to do so. We're shit. I tried. We're shit. He tried. We're shit. <laughs> Doesn't work. This week, we are going to be discussing a number of interesting topics, chief among them, Whiplash, an intense, inspiring, and well-acted film, which is the brilliant sophomore effort from director Damien Chazelle, and a riveting vehicle for stars J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller, or so says Rotten, a cinematographer Sharon Meyer, and editor Tom Cross. That's just people. a random tidbit of information <laughs> that you will enjoy. We also have a, a number of, of, of very... Topics. Uh, God, where are my notes? <laughs> Damn it! I almost want to redo that. Yeah, it's possible. We can. Yeah, I think we should redo that. Sure. Yes. We have the technology. Um. Oh yeah, here we go. All right, so so. Uh, See, like, look at this. Is it clip clop clipping? No, no, but don't talk. Look how loud I am yep. versus how loud you are, right? So you're like around here. I'm like around here. Mm -hmm. Now you talk. Hello? 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 You see how much closer they are? Hello? 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 Versus when I talk. Why is that? Like the difference between them is lower on mine than it is on yours. Which yeah, I don't why? There's a, there's a dip, but that if, if we're both going through the dongle... No, I think it's just something about the the separation. Yeah. Some kind of magic. Some kind of magic. Hmm. If I turn myself into a grand echo machine, can I? All right. So, uh, just uh, take take the. That literally does. <laughs> To do an whole episode with you under a blanket. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 10 of Film and Color. This week we have a great main topic, which is Whiplash by Damien Chazelle. Fantastic movie. We're also going to be talking about Oscar nominees, including Daniel Day-Lewis and the strange news that came out about him regarding the film uh, about Abraham Lincoln. It was called Lincoln. No surprise there. Exciting. Uh, and uh, a couple of other tidbits from the news for those of you who are Canadian, but hopefully you'll be able to find them funny no matter where you live, uh, including some interesting stuff with the Prime Minister, which will not be political. Yay! <laughs> so, um, first up, uh, um, we're going to be discussing this film, which I have to tell you, uh, going into it, I, uh, oh, I don't know why. At this point, it's become just a trend, but I was reticent going into it, and this movie is absolutely amazing. If you have doubts about it, you know it's about a drummer, you know it's about a uh, a tough music teacher, but still give it a chance. I guarantee you, 
first five minutes, you will definitely figure out that you want to watch this movie, yeah. and it will hold you riveted right until the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what will be your rating, sir? Ooh, this one's a spicy one for me. I like it. Um... <laughs> I'm dropping the five on it again. I, I'm, I'm a cheap date with these things. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think the last three movies have given them fives on fives. I, I'm a good picker, okay? Yeah, I know, I know. Your taste is much more uh, acute than mine. Uh, I'd say 9.55. 9.55? Yeah. All right. That's, Solid. Uh, that's very fair. I think the last one was 9.73. I don't fucking know. He literally gives ratings like this. Like He, he gives ratings with two decimal points. So, uh, uh, that being, we could go back and check that, but, yeah. uh, that being the case, um, one of the things that, uh, I did want to touch on right before we jump into discussing the movie is, uh, the experience that I had this week editing an episode, which I have never done before. Yeah. So that was for episode nine about the Grand Budapest Hotel, Budapest Hotel. Yeah. And, uh, the, <laughs> the strange, strange metacognitive experience that it is to listen to yourself and to notice things that you never noticed about your own speech patterns or your voice. It's very fucking annoying to hear your own voice, too. It oh is. Oh, my God. So that, that, that's the first concern. You're like, do I really sound like that? There's no way I really sound like that. And then it slowly becomes, do I really say like that much? Or <laughs> do I really say um that much? Do I interrupt myself that much when I'm speaking? And now I'm making a conscious effort to end this sentence on a period. Exactly. And there it is. There is the one. <laughs> Full stop. Uh, there was a, an, um, a moment I remember from my past at one point, this, I, I, I don't know why I remember it so vividly, but I, I was at school in another country in the States and, uh, why am I being vague? Stop interrupting yourself. All right. <laughs> so uh, I was at school in the States and at one point somebody interrupted me and they said, I never listen to someone who says like as many times as you do. And I, I was first of all insulted, but I also thought that he was coming out of nowhere. It was like, there's no way. Yeah. What is he talking about? And then I listened to this, and I'm like, wow, that asshole had a point. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, this is annoying. Yeah. Get to your thought. Get to, like, I'm shouting at myself from three weeks ago. Get yeah. to your thought. Yeah. Conclude. Get it together. It's very, it's very difficult hearing your own voice. Editing your own voice, too, because you're, like, you're not sure exactly what you said is the way you want to say it. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, you can't go back in time and fix it. So you're like, fuck. And then... Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, uh, another little note, uh, if, if you will indulge us uh, with one more, ladies and gentlemen. I listened to the podcast at 1.5 times speed, and then I switched it to one times speed, and we both sounded drunk as hell. Nice. It's that effect of, yeah. there's some, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel who does who does that with, uh, he'll take like clips of famous politicians and things like that, and then he'll, he'll put them at a slower speed. Yeah. And it was so surreal to be like, why are we oh talking God. so slow? What's happening? Slowly, slowly. Okay. You know what? Let's just jump into it. So yeah. Whiplash is a, a movie by um, Damien Chazelle, who is incredibly famous at this point for uh, directing La La Land. But also, this was his first uh, moment of glory. He, he won Best Director at 33 years of age. That's a record. The movie about making the movie would be a great movie. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, it's a fucking good movie, guys. So uh, there's a couple of... Um, couple of critiques about the film that came out afterwards but in the beginning let's just touch on the the major accolades that it received that uh you guys should know about it was nominated for five academy awards and uh it ended up winning three of them yeah 
Best Actor in a Supporting Role for J.K. Simmons, Best Achievement in Film Editing by Tom Cross, and uh, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing. And the the other two nominations were for Best Motion Picture of the Year. So, ho, ho, God, it, for, with $3.3 million, they got a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. Freaking Blumhouse. And that, then now they have another one this year for Get Out. Yeah. Killing the game. I'm telling killing you, the game. There's so many legends in this fucking, this like low budget game. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, best writing uh, for Damien Chazelle for uh, this script, which apparently he wrote while he was writing the script for La La Land. He was getting so bogged down by writing the script that he just kind of switched to this. It was like he was getting so frustrated that he vented his emotions into this script, which into ended an up being equally the... good movie. I know. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Just like that guy that's like so good at school, he's just like fuck off, and he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna take a break by doing more homework, and you're like, you stupid, what's going I on? I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, IMDb summary uh, basically is this: a promising young drummer enrolls at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. Yeah. Okay, that's the full summary. Mm-hmm. Good summary. Yeah. But now listen to some of the other ones. So. Um, uh, uh, Whiplash is a 2014 American drama uh, written and directed by Damien Chazelle it depicts the relationship between an ambitious jazz student Miles Teller and an abusive instructor J.K. Simmons Paul Reiser and Melissa Benoist co-star sorry I hope I pronounced that last name right Melissa uh, Benoist so anyway whatever Uh, put that aside the fact that, that the mentor is abusive I feel like should go into the Summary. That is to say, to read it, to read a promising young drummer enrolls at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. To me, is like, yeah, by abusing them, like, yeah, you know, it's it's a little tone deaf. This is this is where we might have conflicting ideas. Okay, well, just so it's clear, yeah, uh, I for like. I was really emotionally motivated by the movie. I feel like that is what you need to yeah. push somebody to greatness. I, I completely think that's what you need. Yeah. But it has to be recognized that for most people, unless you this really is your dream... It's too aggressive. Right. Yeah. And, of course, the film does touch on a point where some one of the students who we see earlier in the film ends up taking their own life. Yeah. Which is a tragedy. Uh, and, of course, if there's anyone listening to this thinking about something like that, contact someone. Right? We are legally obligated to say that, but we also believe it. The importance is uh, that there are some people who you're going to push them, and it's going to push them to greatness. And there are other people that you're going to push them, and it's going to push them off the edge. Yeah. And you have to kind of take that into account. Like, this is extreme yeah, yeah, yeah. pushing. It's not, it's not a teacher. Who, it's not a mentor who will stop at nothing to realize the student's potential. Like, that nothing sounds is, like... Nothing is literally nothing in this case. Yeah. Stop at nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. nothing. Like, even, like, the bounds of... Social civil yeah. behavior, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly, exactly. That's a, anyway. That was the point that I was trying to. Yeah. So I was looking through some of this, some of the stuff. It almost the way it's described here. It's it's kind of like um, uh, Ellen Keller. Remember okay. the movie about Ellen Keller? No. <laughs> she, Helen Keller. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. God. There you go. Oh, I'm <laughs> so that one. I love <laughs> editing that out. <laughs> Helen Keller yeah. uh, uh, is uh, a uh, a deaf and blind girl, yeah. and she ends up having this teacher who helps her eventually flourish and then prosper and she becomes a, a a great writer a great thinker just a really fulfilled person yeah and nobody had believed in her up until that point i can't remember the name of the movie it's, it's something about a teacher or something like that no idea. but the point is that helen keller's teacher 
That is an instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. Yeah. She didn't beat <laughs> Helen, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. I mean, theoretically, she can't throw a simple stand at her because she literally wouldn't see it. It would, it would <laughs> hurt terrible. her pretty badly. So <laughs> but... No, I see that in my head. It's yeah. so bad. Uh, um, so, actually, let's talk about this, sir, because as writers and filmmakers, I think we know, we see around us a lot of complacency, a lot of... You know, there are a lot of people walking around saying, I'm writing a screenplay, I'm writing a screenplay. And yeah. whether or not they actually have the intention of writing a screenplay is questionable. Yeah. Um, I remember Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld got together and there was a story about them. At one point, Larry David was so broke that for his girlfriend's birthday, he wrote up, I think it was a script, and he gave it to her. That was his gift to her, <laughs> that's, right? That's right. And when Jerry Seinfeld was looking for somebody to work with him, he picked Larry David because he's like, I don't know anyone else who actually writes. I mean... He writes so much, he gave it as a gift. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's pretty... That's ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. <laughs> so the point being that uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, kind of, it's the kind of thing where you really do have to want it that bad to succeed at it. Because yeah. a lot of people are going to see it and they're going to think, this is my ticket to Easy Street. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No, it's not. It's so far from it. hard street. You get a bleed. Exactly. In some, and in this film, I mean, there's literally Blood. bleeding for the dream. Yeah. Um, was your, like, uh, was your, as you were looking at this, did you feel like, yeah, man, that's why, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. like, one of my old teachers at film school was, like, his, he had the same kind of motto, but obviously not as abusive. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, like, he, at the beginning, he's, like, he literally made us stand up from our desk and be, like, are you going to give me your best? Like, like, straight bullshit. And, like, if you didn't, he'd call you out on it, like, easily. And he'd, like, push people to, looking back at it, not that hard, but, like, in the moment it was difficult. But he had that mentality of, like, push, push. And I think it helped. Like, it weeded out a lot of fucking people really fast. I agree. I, yeah. I, I, it's, it's the experience of, as we were talking with high school, in high school it feels a lot more serious than it is. Like, yeah. you don't need to get a chair thrown at you to be like, holy shit, if I fail this math class, I'm dead. that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll never succeed at anything again. Yeah. And if you don't get out the chaff early enough, then the whole kind of tempo of the class can yeah. Slow, diminish. Like, You're, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it slows down. You know that the people around you don't have that much passion. They're not that invested. And so why should you be? And then, exactly. and then that lack of motivation becomes contagious. So you want teachers like that. Yeah. You want the fucking like semi-Nazi teacher to just be like, right. do it right now. I need right. it done right now. Yeah. I, had a, I had one particular math teacher like that who used to walk around with a stick. He <laughs> oh, was a ruler and he would literally walk around with it. He would smack it on people's desks. And I ended up loving that guy. Yeah. Right? They're always the best because like they know how, how hard to push. And they also... Uh, uh, they don't get walked over by the troublemakers. Whereas some of the teachers who are a little too soft, yeah, it ends up being like they're there's they start like sharing the class with with that one guy who can get a laugh with everything he says. Exactly. So at a certain point, you're just, just like, on, you enjoy man. it at the time, but and when you look back, you're like, did we we didn't learn that much in that class because asshole in the corner was always you know adding Stopping his two cents class, and yeah. it took all the momentum out of what we were talking about before. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so just to establish that we are utter nerds. Yes. <laughs> oh, the thing I liked about school is having Nazi teachers. <laughs> the thing I loved about school is working hard. It was a great time. <laughs> oh, and to be, to be clear, for anybody listening to this who maybe is from a different country or exposed to different we things, fucking hate we're not school. talking about literal Nazis. We're no, not no. talking about white supremacist teachers. We're talking about fascistic teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We also hate school in general. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that it wasn't it wasn't that we hated learning. It was no, there was a lot of redundancy, a lot of just shitty ways of teaching. Yeah, just yeah. sort of like the 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 ob- the barriers that were put in place of actually getting the knowledge and proving that you know it. Yeah. were sometimes so absurd as to be like, "Why why are you making it this obtuse?" Like yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You can easily find out if I know this or I don't know this without having to make me jump through all these weird, unnecessary hoops, and also have to learn this other random stuff that I'm never gonna use. Yeah, and then the next grade, they're like, "Okay, so remember how you did that? Throw that in the garbage. Throw that away. Here's a ten and times easier so way." So many times, and every time a kid was like, "Miss, when are we ever gonna use this?" And they're like, the teacher would always be like, "Like oh, God, this fucking kid." But they they were right, you <laughs> exactly. know. Exactly. They were the one who was speaking sense. Yeah, yeah. I remember in one math class, we learned like this long equation to do this like simplish thing, and everyone's like, "This is this is retarded." And then the next year, I swear to God, they're like, "Forget that. Here's one tiny like three number equation to figure out what that thing did." Yeah. I'm like, "Why? Why did we learn the hard way?" Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's no point. And their 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 attitude is always, um, and it take... might be fair. I mean, yeah. you know, frankly, it might be fair. We might just be bitter, but the. Their attitude is, you have to learn how to do it the hard way, so that when you do it the easy way, you know how it's done. You know, you can do it without... It's it's like you have to be able to do addition before you get to use a calculator, because otherwise, if you don't have a calculator, you won't be able to do addition. But there's something... Yeah, there's something to be said for the amount of extraneous stuff that got thrown in that kind of discouraged people from being like, you know, is this useful? Like, what yeah. is this really useful? Really? Yeah, that was one of my struggles in school. I was just like, I'm teach me how to do something through another thing. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to, an engine works by rebuilding an engine. Don't yeah, be exactly. Like, don't be like, uh, this piston goes up and down. And like, like you know, no. m- number part, number three is on internal com- oh, chapter three is on internal combustion engines, and that's what the test will be on this Friday. Yeah. Right. So you have to like read this chapter, and by the end of it, you, nothing has penetrated exactly your brain. And then two years later, again. your engine blows up, and you're like, "How do I fix this?" Nothing. And then I... you have no right. And then you're driving in a car. Yeah. Right. And it's so there's a problem with the car, and it's like, well, does anyone know? <laughs> you know no one. Yeah. Well, I know. I know technically how it's, an internal uh, combustion. It's the engine oil works. for sure. For right. <laughs> yeah. Right. What the fuck? Yeah. So there was a lot of that. I don't know how we got on this topic, but it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, bringing it back, in fact, this we can relate this back to the the, uh, the director of this film, Damien Chazelle. Um, when he was in high school, was in a jazz band, and at a certain point, he realized that he didn't have the natural talent to be able to compete with the students around him. And at a certain point, he was just not going to be able to cut it. Yeah. And so he went back to filmmaking. The guy, the youngest ever winner of Best Picture, wasn't even aiming to be a director. He was aiming. To be a jazz musician, yeah, and then he switched. How crazy is that? It's fucking legendary. It's it's like, but like some of the some of the the, the skills like crossover. I feel like like timing, like like the musical aspect of it. Interesting. Like a lot of a lot of like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, like a lot of skills. Attention to detail. Yeah, exactly. Also, editing timing in terms of like, you know, you remember in the. In like some of the drumming scenes, like everything's synced up perfectly to the, to right. the music, right. kind of like Edgar Wright sort of style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you learn that through music, like you you can feel the music, I you feel you the mean. beat, and then you can go ba 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 ba. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, that's not my tempo. It's <laughs> not my not, tempo. Not quite. Not quite my tempo. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so a couple other uh, things from the film, just some interesting tidbits, hopefully for you, ladies and gentlemen. I think I think we should close this mm-hmm. and speak. I agree. Just because I don't want it to be too staccato. Staccato. Yeah. Great word. Yes. Oh, see the whole music thing; it's kind of blending in. Yeah. I see. Oh, I, I can't. Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my impressions of the film predominantly were. Parts of the story really resonated with me, particularly, and as you, this will, you'll understand what I'm talking about here, but our audience might be left a little out of the loop. We do have to keep some personal stuff to ourselves, folks, unfortunately. Absolutely. But the relationship of Miles Teller's character with his father, yeah, there was some resonance there that I found really appealing. Um, the fact that they watch movies together every week, uh, it, it, there was some, the movie was extremely charming. Yeah. It, it uh, no matter how much the character was awkward or, how how poorly he treated his girlfriend, you know, in one particular yeah, yeah, yeah. breakup scene is yeah, it's very well done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super super likable. Yeah. Do, um, hold on, I have a question related to that. Do you think? Remember when he says uh, when he's breaking up with his girlfriend, he says uh, he'll take he'll always put the craft before her, like he'll always put yeah. his drumming before her. Yes. Are you kind of the same way with? You're writing. I, I actually like I cringed during that scene because I have had at least one conversation that was eerily like that. Yeah, and um, it is the sort of thing that you you I think you grow up a little bit, you get a little bit more mature, and you look back on it and you're like, man, I was such an asshole. In the moment, you think that you're being nice. Yeah. In the moment, you think like, listen, we're just gonna slowly start to resent each other yeah. and. Right, you think that you're making a long-term conscientious decision that's for the other person's benefit, and that they're going to respond like, "Thanks, I appreciate that." Yeah, but no, <laughs> no, 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 it never ever goes in that direction. And yeah, that was that was a little too close to home. Yeah, interesting. Cause how, like, about, how about for yourself, sir? I, I know that you're you're kind of you have a much better work-life balance than I do. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, um, no, like I'm, I'm. Maybe I haven't hit that point yet, but like I'm still a little bit there. Like yeah. if you take too much of my time, or like if you're constantly bugging me, I'll be like, "Chill the fuck out." I need like, a little space. Yeah. I need a little more space. But I think that's just generally like who I am. Like, yeah. don't I don't like too much. Yeah, yeah, too much incoming un- kind of stimulus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, relax. Maybe that's why we get along so well because <laughs> we, we're both like we don't. Uh, 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 even though we're we're very close. We're not. We're almost the opposite of being in constant communication. Like there are. Well, large... hold on. I think we'd be in a lot more communication if you had like phone, social media. That's a fair point. That, that right is now, a fair right point. now, I literally can't communicate with this kid. It's like <laughs> this I kid. Said, come I said, on. I've got descended from this guy <laughs> to this, this kid. This scrub. I call you my colleague. <laughs> Episode ten, ladies and gentlemen. Episode ten. Hey, I've man. been demoted. Hey man, I sent him an email. It takes two, three days. Oh shit. I I don't even I don't even want to call your house because I'm just in case someone else answers I'm just not in the mood to talk to people right right so it's like I wait for him to call me essentially I've heard I've actually I heard that from someone else this week which is eerie yeah. uh, but uh, yeah I, I have to get better at that I have to get yeah, a, yeah. just a little bit better at yeah get a flip phone for fuck's sake yeah I know like a clam clamshell yeah, exactly that would definitely be yeah. just a smart move yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know what I guarantee you someday my car's gonna break down. And I'm not going to have a phone, and I'm going to think of this exact moment. Yeah, I'm going to be like, smart move. He, <laughs> he called it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well taken. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
uh, from this kid's perspective, yes. there is an extent to which the dream that we try to pursue, both as filmmakers and as writers, is uh, a long shot. I mean, ask ask any comedian, hey, like, what do I got to do if I want to be a comedian? And the first thing they'll tell you is probably not, don't be a comedian. They're, you know, like no one is encouraging, or it's um, thinking of Daniel Tosh. He said he, he, he kind of threw a fit in one of his bits where he's saying, if I meet one more kid who, when I ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they say they want to be famous. He's like, I'm going to kick that kid because it's just infuriating to hear that the kid wants to do something. It's like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be something that if you put in the work, you will get the result. Yeah. To want to be famous like... just arbitrarily, the odds are so far against it. And yeah. It's, it's not even worth putting your effort into. Right. It's so far-fetched. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's the same case for uh, writers and for um, well, less so filmmakers, because you can do a lot of commercial filmmaking and still... Yeah. Right? You, yeah. Maybe you say a journalist, right? Like yeah. A, so, almost like a journalist wanting to eventually become a novelist. Yeah. You you put your work in writing columns, and then eventually you get these opportunities. You meet agents, and yeah, exactly. suddenly you can transition. Yeah. But to just jump out of the parachute and be like... This is gonna work, right? Nope. <laughs> Having no idea if you even have a parachute that's working in yeah. your back. It's a scary, risky thing. And maybe that's, you know, it certainly introduces conflict in the story. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I'm thinking of the, the, the dining room scene where Miles is trying to defend. Yeah, exactly. Miles, His... Sorry, call him Miles. Do we know the character's name? Miles Teller. And, Miles uh... Teller's character, right. Uh... Miles Teller's character. I don't fucking know his name. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's he's trying to defend character. Ethan. I don't know. Okay, no, he's no. trying to defend his, uh, you know the 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 uh, auspiciousness of having been promoted up to the studio band. Yeah, and which basically means now he's working for uh, J.K. Simmons's character. Yeah, and not like the school band. Yeah, the Na- Nassau was it the name of the Nassau. lore? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's you know suddenly you're in the you're playing for the varsity team. Exactly. And he's having this family dinner, and the other people at the table uh, are playing football, and the other one is about to be a Rhodes Scholar, I think. I heard. Something like that. Yeah. Right. So it, it, there's just a sense of like you know, so how are you going to turn this being a musician thing into being a job? Yeah. That sensation is. It's intimidating, you know, because yeah, it is sure. very much jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Making it as a musician is not... It's not easy at all. It's not easy. No, and there's yeah. going to be a lot of people who try and just can't cut... It's not that they can't cut it, but it's they don't not get an the easy opportunity. thing to cut. It's, yeah, know, exactly. You have to be lucky with fail. what opportunities you get, too. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a big component of luck, too. Yeah, for sure. Wow, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, hey! <laughs> See, like, that's the thing, because we're still kind of in it, right? So we can't fully say like oh it works 100 percent. just do this yeah it's like we're still battling i guess we're yeah still... which is f- fun i mean frankly it's fun it's, yeah it's, for sure it's not uh like i wouldn't be i, I uh, going back to the daily grind of before yeah. as stressful as it is now and particularly stressful now as i was telling you because it's march now and i got a march 30th deadline yeah and the Panic. stress level has just been creeping up and creeping up for like two weeks now i'm avoiding some of my friends which if they're listening now, Harry. you know who you are, and I sincerely apologize. Yeah. I don't even know what I, why I'm... It's just... I just spend the whole day kind of... Work, like, it's almost like I'm in a dream state. Like, it's like working yeah. and scribbling and then having fits and then, like, tantrums and then going back to it and just trying to get this massive pile of papers 
into something that you can I can I can put together and staple and, and give to go. staple and give to someone and say this is my best work. Yeah, very difficult. It's like kind of like what do you do with with a film, right? Yeah. And you take a whole bunch of yeah, you come you come up with a big ass idea and then you have to turn it into movie magic, baby. But like <laughs> getting there and like all the little tiny things you have to think about or it's like it's daunting in the beginning just like sometimes you don't even want to start the project because you're like i know how fucking hard this is gonna be yeah i know how confusing and like oh i don't even want to think about how much like phone calls and how much paperwork i have to do for this right but like once you get there you're once you like start you're in it yeah exactly yeah and the thing uh, for like the thing that would scare me is these 14 hour days yeah you know you're because that's that's what apparently they did to film oh yeah that's how they were able to do it so fast yeah which you've been you can do a 14 hour day easy but yeah (laughs) Yeah. easy that's maybe an exaggeration but no relatively easy and i i just don't know how you like how you do that yeah see like it's funny because we we had like a an argument with one of our our clients where it was like we've said a day rate and then we had to go back and we're like okay guys what's a day (laughs) like what do we calculate as interesting because for them like for them it's isn't a day eight hours see that's the thing is it eight hours but like like normally it is but if we agree to get this much shit done in a day do we continue if it takes 10 hours is that a day Mm. plus two hours or is it a day still how does it work in the industry it's eight hours and then you get overtime for and you uh, get overtime but you get overtime for like it's like one and a half for like two or three hours and then it goes to two and then like so your yeah, client it, it is not like gonna very bad, yeah. right? Yeah, like people were paying overtime for that for this movie for sure. Just because like if there's also like weird shit like if you're not given enough time between shoot like days, mm-hmm. it's like if your one day runs really late and then you only have seven hours before the next day instead of eight, the entire second day is double pay. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it gets aggressive really quick. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, okay. If you can get the movie done in ten days, yeah, at double pay, it's the same as twenty days for single pay. So right. if it takes you twenty five days to do it single pay, right, but you can get it done in ten days double pay, you take the double pay. It's fascinating to imagine what it must be like if you've filmed all your shots and then you're you're coming back now to editing and you're trying to do your post production and you you realize that you missed a shot. That doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Well, it's it like yes and no. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen because it's. It's supposed to be ninety nine 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 percent planned. All plan, all planned out. Yeah, hundred hmm. percent. But like sometimes, some shot might not be exactly what you wanted. Sometimes it's not like perfect. So then you scrap the shot, edit. That's what editors are for. They fucking make everything work. <laughs> Did, really? Yeah. 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 It's oh, intense. What's the temperament of an editor? Okay, the ones that I've worked with, very relaxed very relaxed very like methodical yeah like they they know the story they try to tell the story and then they're like they show you it you give them advice and they're like no can't do that no can't do that no can't do interesting that. because it's like they already tried 80 different fucking options and none of them work except for the one that you're seeing interesting yeah but then there's also sometimes where like you get the editor that puts it in and like his vision is not the same as the director's vision so, so you get a bit of you're, now you have conflict yeah you have to like re-edit shit and... exactly it's just gravy after that yeah all right um well uh uh to move on to a, a kind of a separate point i learned a little bit about the cinematography of the film and i wanted to ask you about multiple camera use 
So we, in a previous episode, we did talk about lines. Yeah. Um, what 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 do you think the difficulty was of filming a movie like this, where you're mostly, like most Blumhouse productions, you're in rooms, uh, you don't have a, necessarily a set that you're working on, but you're yeah. actually in, a, excuse yeah. me, uh, actually in a physical building. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of difficulty does that present to the cinematographer? It's the issue is mostly lighting, and how much crew you need because. For every camera, you have to have the camera operator. You have to have first AC, second AC, blah, blah, blah. So you have to have certain people to do certain stuff. Sorry, just what, what does that mean for, for our audience? First okay, AC, so, second AC? So assistant camera. Okay. So the first assistant camera is like the guy who does the focus and the exposure. Okay. Second assistant is like the, the slate and like taking care of the camera. Okay. So like the, the slate the slate is the, slate is the, the clapper like, thing whoop, that we yeah. see on the right. Exactly. And they do that to sync up the sound? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, to sync up both cameras and the sound so that okay. the editor doesn't have to find each fucking match people's voices to their mouths. There's like a clap and then you can match the, the waveform. So you can theoretically do the same, accomplish the same thing with clap. But, but the, 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 the board just has more info. Like the board essentially is just a slate for information about what the shot is. So you don't have to, it's the first thing the camera sees when it presses record. So the editor has a bunch of thumbnails and he sees, okay, this is this shot. Okay, this is this shot. So it's not like, what is this again? Like, yeah. So, and, and the board will have things on it like the name of the movie, the take. Take, what card it's on, what scene, what scene number, uh, director, cinematographer, um, time of day, interior, exterior. Interesting. All this shit, yeah. And all of that is there to make it easier to then do color correction afterwards? And like, like no, it's mostly just, interior, exterior. Oh, that's uh, I'm entirely sure. I think it's just editing. Like, it's just it's just kind of a convention. Everyone yeah, calls yeah, it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, it, it's become kind of a like a, a cartoony thing. Like you'll you know be like yeah. action, click, click. Yeah, yeah. Right, but I guess uh, I'm I don't know how many people actually know that it's it's there for synchronization. Yeah, I mean, hopefully a lot of people, but you never <laughs> know. Uh, no, but for for multiple cameras, the issue is like hiding lights like for me at least for like the lower budget people mm -hmm. not like because like the the like hollywood is like huge overhead stuff so it depends on the lighting obviously but the difficulty in like an actual house versus a set is it's hard to like hide lighting because sometimes you need this light to come from this spot so if you have a camera that has to look at the person and then that spot is in the background <laughs> you're fucked i see what you mean so if you're if you have if you're on a big set then you can put the light yeah, kind of could, up, like out of the... Yeah, you could put on a crane and just fucking... Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So you are you're you now have a logistical problem of trying to fit a whole bunch of equipment into the room and still make it look like a perfectly normal room that exactly. isn't absolutely stuffed with Shit. lights and exactly. reflection boards and all these different things that you need exactly. to have to make people look well lit. Exactly. And even if, even if it's a set, like if let's say you have three walls, right? And you have two people... Uh, in like there's three walls one's empty like one's no wall it's set right right okay yeah and then you have the two actors in the middle talking to each other and yeah. you have one camera from the right side like the right wall right and then you have one from the left wall but you have to get rid of the wall so that you can put the team there <laughs> now the other camera sees no wall sorry my, my colleague is using his hands now so I just want to make it clear for our audience members he's describing something kind of like a, if you like imagine a U set of friends like a yeah there is there is a without the audience you have three walls and the fourth wall is absent so that you can have this freedom of motion. Yeah. So it's like logistical issues with like what kind of angles, what kind of 
stuff you can get. But I mean, with actual sets and with bigger crews, you figure out relatively easily. And that's all figured out before, way before. That's all planned in advance? 100%. On set, there's no, how is this going to work? It's all, it's a list and you just check off, check off, check really? off. Really? Yeah. That seems like a crazy amount of work to Free, plan yeah. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's why pre-production is a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's called pre-production, all of that? Yeah, pre-production. Then you go into production where you execute the plan of pre-production. Okay. And post-production is... Post-production is editing, coloring... Sound. Sound. Music. Mixing, all that, all, all the, that the things that, that make, we associate with some of the big Academy Award. Yeah, they make... Footage. Are there any pre-production awards? No, doesn't exist. But people like the shit that you see in production is from pre-production. If that makes any sense. Oh, okay. That is to say, you what? what it, it, there's a manifestation of exactly. all the planning that you put into it in the final product. So yeah, you, you can give these awards, and you're also recognizing how good the people were who worked on it. If they're exactly because they were involved in the planning of it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, how much? How much is three point three million dollars in terms of a film budget? Like, is that tight? D- like for Whiplash, yeah. <laughs> for for a film that good, you mean? Yeah, 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 very tight. But like, for me, I'm like, you, okay, you can make a film on any budget, depending on how much people get paid, and depending on much, like people you have, how much right. locations cost, how much uh, food you need, how much equipment you food gonna you rent. Need. Food is a really big expense. Really? To, ca- yeah. to cater for, for your staff and stuff? Yeah, for sure. If you're pulling a full day, that's three meals. And you have to pay for all three of those meals? Yeah. Well, if you have them on set, yeah. Interesting. So three meals times whatever, 50 crew. Wow. Times, that's, yeah. Yeah, it goes quick. Wow. And yeah. it's not, I mean, as far as I know, it's not something that's consistent over every kind of domain of, of work of employment no, yeah, like yeah. you know there aren't a lot of jobs where you get a free meal that's the thing though but like a lot of those jobs have the one hour break whereas film you can you take the one hour break but it's one hour like on you're still set. on set yeah you can't leave interesting yeah how's the food on set well it depends but usually really usually it's pretty good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what is it like sorry I, this is such a like a strange point for us to fixate on but what is it like sandwiches and stuff like that or is it It depends like uh, you can get like it depends on the budget that's why like you can get sandwiches if you don't have a lot of budget but like if you're on the avengers like they can get like fish like steaks like shit like that what yeah yeah. it it all depends on the budget wow if you have the budget to spend whatever like fifty thousand on food for so you're sitting down to make a movie and at a certain point you have to figure out how much in making this movie you're, you're going to have it. to pay in in food yeah that's that's there's a guy called a upm you know production manager okay i've seen that's that his, i think in credits before yeah they're at, usually near the top like yeah in, in the single people right right right. Section. like like in the like in the ones where it's their title and their name and that's the only thing on screen yeah just because like the amount of work that they do is astronomical <laughs> that's their job well, well not among only that, many many other things yeah, they essentially coordinate everyone together so like they find the they don't find the people but they like make sure that everything's signed everything's perfect they get they're like in charge of all the paperwork they're in charge of all the production to like make it happen that sounds super hard. Very stressful. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
And I, I must take a certain type of like I can think of some people that I know that have those skills. Yeah, and they they are all like very smart people. Like yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like the the one the one I'm thinking of one of my friends in the film school. He he's the kind of guy that would stay up till four in the morning just to find a location. Wow. And you're like, what? Do it tomorrow. And he's like, nah, like. I had free time. And I'm like, wow. 4 a.m. is not free time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it seems like one of the things that people don't realize when they when they see a film, myself included, is that a lot of the talent that you think you see, how, how, how do I put this? I want to put this as clearly as possible. You recognize certain forms of talent. Like you can recognize a great actor or people will tell you things like Steven Spielberg is a great director and so you recognize that he's talented. There are also other talented people who you will see winning awards, but there's a huge amount of logistical talent yeah. that goes into being able to just organize this thing, like to to just make it happen. Happen. Yeah. Also requires people of extraordinary talent, which I'm sure also kind of like they must get kind of uh, poached. You know, like at a certain point, it's like oh, I need that unit production manager. He's the he, bomb. Exactly. He brings he brings it home. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what we said uh, last time. There's like, there's guilds. Right. For sure, guild for those guys. Really? Yeah. Just, just killer UPMs. <laughs> this is your peek into the world of filmmaking. Oh, just, hey. just right behind the curtain. It's, it's yeah. all happening right there. You just yeah. don't get to see it. It's good stuff. I remember um, from, from stage work, uh, there was a delightful amount of great people who were working behind the scenes. And I never understood what they were enjoying about it like for me it's like the only fun part about this is being on stage everything being every time you're off stage you're just sort of waiting to be on stage again yeah and to to be to take pleasure in something as simple as making sure that all the cues are hit yeah i was just like what's Why? fun about that yeah yeah but the thing is if you don't have every kind of person working on this project not it won't happen. There's no play in history that's ever been conducted by just actors. It would exactly. be the worst play ever. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. It would simply would not happen. People would show up and they'd be like, "There's ten. We have nothing here. We're, no we're not ready. Just, there's yeah. this. There's a half set. There's a half. Yeah. It'd just be shit. The curtain fell down because someone was pulling on it. <laughs> 10, Thirty actors on stage. Yeah. But just a bunch of goofballs. Yeah. Um. All right. So now uh, we have something a little bit different. I want my colleague to watch something that. Uh, I recently saw, I don't know how I landed on it, but I think his reaction to it would be absolutely priceless. So just so that you guys have uh, the same kind of background information that he does, this is a video of a gentleman talking about something that he is passionate about. And there is so much euphemism in what I just said that it will, it will certainly disturb you when you find out where we're going with this. So enjoy. Buckle up. One of the strangest things I, I might end up showing it to you. One of the strangest. Why did this happen? I know. <laughs> did, I've never seen this. I've never heard about this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I can find it for you. <laughs> it would be great to have your reaction on it too. <laughs> Unfortunately, it would be we'd be. Uh, We'd have to play around with the editing because I think we'll be reacting to a podcast of Ethan and Ela reacting to a video, which is fine with me, but it's just, uh, yeah, it might be, you know. <laughs> 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 
This guy. I don't think I can hear it. Oh, wait, I'm not even plugged in. All right. Good job. I don't know if we're, we're going to be able to hear it live. You know what's surreal? What? Is I, was, I, I, was, I thought I was hearing myself laughing through the microphone. But I wasn't plugged in, so what the fuck was I hearing? My own laugh was so loud. I was bouncing off the walls. I thought it was the mic. Probably. Oh, shit. Whew, that was deep. That was good. That came from the belly. Warning to any of our listeners who uh, are squeamish in any way about strange <laughs> topics. We're going to be seeing something now that uh, is so surreal that I just need to get my uh, colleague's reaction to it. So, let's watch. Oh, hello. Hello, pretty boy. Cool. <laughs> Man, these guys really love horses. These guys... They must be cowboys or something. Wow. Now this is a rush. Ah, yes. A piece of ecstasy. Okay, well, I guess he's a little bit more passionate than I am about, or I wouldn't describe it as ecstasy, but, hey, you know, diff different people have different passions. This is the most incredible turn on when approach like this. It's the most incredible turn on. The most incredible turn on? Oh! Gross, dude! Please do come visit. I thought you were just a normal guy with the hobby, dude. Wow. J R H N B R. Just the right height, no bucket is required. Oh yeah, I've got this horse in my shed. She's J R H N B R. Just the right height. No bucket. Come on, you didn't have to say all day. I know what J B R H N B R is. Come on, dog. Come on. You think I just started fucking horses yesterday, dog? Why bucket? He just loves that like farmhouse image. No ladder. You know, no box. He's got to be a bucket, dog. You ain't fucking a horse unless you're using a bucket or not. I happen to have a pony mare that is J R H N B R. And that's really nice because you're not trying to do a balancing act standing on something. Honestly, I don't believe you, dude. I mean, you're telling me you got you don't even have to stand on a bucket to fuck your horse's vagina or asshole or whatever you're into? Man, that's lucky, dude. I, I wish I... Man, you you telling me you don't even have to stand on your tippy toes? It's like a perfect, like, you get to stand flat, no tippy toes. It's just like a, ooh, yeah. Uh. What's it like fucking a horse, dude? This is getting too weird. You get like all this shit. You get to like feel everything. I wonder if he gives the horse a reach around. Oh, dude. Mares do orgasm. Yes, they do. Call them mergasms. For the love He's like, yeah, well, I fuck ponies and I, I make them come a lot, okay? Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty good fuck. I know my way around a pony, you know what I'm saying? I make them come like crazy. For Those girls love me. Dog. 
<laughs> Come on, dude. You seen the size of those fucking horse cocks, dog? And when a mare orgasms, um, a lot of times, well, they they will. You can feel their muscles tense up, and they kind of <laughs> oomph, for lack of a better word. I really doubt that those ponies are getting any pleasure from you. They're probably giggling to each other about your tiny little ding-dong. Probably just lying to you to make you feel better, dog. They're probably faking it. What if his ponies were faking orgasm? I wonder if that would tear them apart. Laurie and Michael were both sexually active with animals when they married. That okay. is wow. adorable. That is so cute. <laughs> Guys, there's somebody for everyone. It's true love. They're, they're soulmates. They were both fucking animals when they met. With the arrival of children, <laughs> they agreed to give watching? up their animal passions. Oh no, dude. <laughs> they have kids. Please do come Look at that dog, dude. That's a happy dog, man. I wonder why is that dog so happy? Hmm? <laughs> That's what Lori's been up to with that dog, you know what I'm saying? Look how happy that dog is. Jesus Christ, you ever seen a happier dog? Then you wake the up in the middle of the night, and your husband's not there. Damn, girl. Kind of understand why he's fucking ponies all of a sudden. Sorry. That was, that was a little bit uncomfortable, but... Goddamn, boob. I wasn't aware that my wife was aware that I had reestablished my intimate relationship with with my mayor. He's like a Mormon. <laughs> Except instead of uh, two wives, he has a wife and a fucking whore, dude! I was trying at that time to be true to myself and the loved ones in my life. And sometimes juggling those things is no small task. How, how Damn, is he dog, so it sounds like you have calm about this? I don't know. This is fucked. Uh, mm. Lady problems. And I ain't jealous, son, because I got 99 problems with a mare just the right size, no buckle required, ain't one. Yeah, just like Jay-Z was talking about. You got it made, son. You got all the right shit, boy. It was a very difficult situation. It's like, fine, you want to be with her, then be with her. <laughs> so I would get resentful and remove myself out of the, you know, the triangle. The love triangle with a mare? <laughs> Sounds like you guys need counseling. Mare... Age counseling, right? Isn't this illegal? Pretty sure. Michael and Laurie agreed to bring back Michael's mares into their relationship. Every and she says, "Well, I gotta come out and watch." Screen, it's like creepy. Ooh, what did they do to that one? <laughs> I was a bit intimidated because knowing how emotional my wife can be about some <laughs> things. Ela, why are women so emotional? I just don't understand. This guy can't even fuck a pony in front of his wife without her flipping out. It doesn't seem right. I thought, oh gosh, if she loses it during this, this is going, this can get ugly. But the neat thing was, was she came out and watched. That's neat. What? You know what? That's, that's just so neat that you and your wife have that. What? Okay. No, no. Okay, that's it. No, I'm done. I'm done. That's fucking I'm nice. I'm done with humanity. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> That was a that was an HP reaction I've video seen to that. a guy fucking horses. I I genuinely don't Surreal know. Surreal is like. not the right word. Weird. Oh, it's so hard to Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. The the entire time that that was happening, I was listening to myself like on a Yeah, it's kind of hard to one understand. second echo. It's very disorienting. Holy shit though. That's that's fucking wild.
So I'm glad you you guys. I was came laughing so hard. I I did you did you laugh? I <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear anything. I have a very quiet laugh, but yeah, I'm fucking dying. <laughs> that was, I was savage. So just to be clear, it's not like, it's it's the, it's something about the tone. <laughs> it's the tone of. This, oh yeah, it's not normal. Yeah, like it's just you know, it's just, like let me just tell you about my weird thing that i no, it's not even weird he's just fucking a horse yeah it's just yeah that's there's something there i don't know bucket I required okay <laughs> oh jesus christ and on that note my colleague <laughs> i don't know if we were able to record it but my as my colleague can testify just when i was telling you about the existence of this yeah i couldn't keep my i, I couldn't keep it together i was laughing so hard just <laughs> it was like a, it was like a paper. sense memory of yeah of 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 the of the first time, so you you had you understood yeah what you were about to see yeah but the first time that I saw it I had no understanding of what I was about to see no and it's just slowly dawning on you that something is wrong yeah exactly and then it just wait a sec it just doesn't like it, it's yeah. hard. you your brain doesn't even process it yeah you're like no buck required like to get onto the them to like, like yeah to like, he's like what the uh, hell is going on. So, sir, just to be clear, are you listening to yourself on a... No, I'm listening to you. But am I delayed? Yeah. What the fuck? How do you hear me at all? Well, I hear you in real life, and then I hear you delayed, and then I talk. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Wouldn't it be easier to just not have headphones in? Yeah, but like just in case something goes wrong with the audio. <laughs> That's I can like, fair. turn off my ears a bit. Yeah. You turn off your ears while talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> that explain that for a lot of our listeners. That will explain a lot. Yeah. No wonder he lets them talk forever. Yeah. He's not even <laughs> just looking at your mouth move. It's so majestic, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh wow! <clears throat> wow! 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 That was a wild ride. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some other things um, that I wanted to ask you about, sir. Um, uh, you know what? I was gonna t- we were gonna talk a little bit more about the movie, but um, yeah. let's move on. Yeah, I don't even know how we would fit this in. Um, oh, actually, oh yes, perfect. I have the perfect thing. All right, so, uh, sir, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is actually related to the film. Yeah. So, uh, J.K. Simmons's character plays a an abusive music teacher. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Chazelle gave him a a direction. He said, "Quote." I want you to take it past what you think the normal limit would be. Telling him, I don't want to see a human being on screen anymore. I want to see a monster, a gargoyle, an animal. Many of the band members in the movie were real musicians or music students, and Chazelle tried to capture their expressions of fear and anxiety when they were pressed by Simmons. Chazelle noted that in between takes, Simmons was as sweet as can be, which the director credits for keeping the shoot, quote, the shoot from being nightmarish. And... It, that happens to coincide with a bit of news that came out last week, which was that um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, multi-Academy uh, Award nominee and winner Daniel Day-Lewis, playing yep. Abraham Lincoln, he asked, he required the staff, the cast members, and the director, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, to refer to him as Mr. President for three months. Yeah. That's wild, but if gets the performance, I can see it working. Are actors really such touchy individuals that you would be like, okay, this guy's a great actor, like, Let you him know, do his I'll, 
I'll I'll put up not put up with, but I'll humor him on this thing. There's no people must have been kind of rolling their eyes in the background, you know? Yeah. But like not a lot of people are like normally not a lot of like people talk to each other like talk to the actors more. Really? They're more like there's a bit of a sheltering that goes on? Yeah. Like a lot of the crew like theoretically, the only people talking to the director is like the director, DOP, sometimes. And like everybody else is just kind of they do their own they're thing. there. They're there to do their job. They're not there to exactly. say, Nobody "Hey, Mr. Spielberg, do you think we should like move the lights over?" No, yeah. It's just you. Talk you to speak one spoken to. You yeah, exactly. You you only talk to the people like one above you, and then everyone down. Wow, so it's 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 very hierarchical. Like there is a yeah, lot of theoretically, but like so so you're standing ten feet away from Daniel Day Lewis, but you are not. You will no. not speak to him. No, right. No wonder these guys get big egos. <laughs> that's like you know that's like you know uh like a a, a monarch you know like yeah, the yeah, servant yeah. comes in but like they just clean the room and then they leave and there's no interaction with the that's it yeah but like it depends state. it depends on the on the shoot because like sometimes you'll have people who don't care about that or like <clears throat> actors that like talk to the actual people but it really depends interesting um okay well uh one last topic and then and then i wanted to move on to something else Oh, okay, so another thing that we can just tack on. <laughs> just we can stick this anywhere. Yeah. Uh, did you know the director's father is known as Bernard Chazelle? Um, he's a French-American computer scientist. He's currently the professor... He is a French-American computer scientist. He's currently the Eugene Higgins Professor of Computer Science at Princeton University. Much of his work is in computational geometry, where he is known for his study of algorithms such as linear time triangulation of a simple polygon, as well as major complexity results such as lower bound techniques based on discrepancy theory. He's also known for his invention of the soft heap data structure and most asymptotically efficient known algorithm for finding spanning... Excuse me. He's also known for his invention of the soft heap data structure and the most asymptotically efficient known algorithm for finding minimum spanning trees. If you lost me, could you repeat any uh, I, something about Trizelle? That's I don't remember. <laughs> the rest. Uh, literally, my note here is: um, Did you understand any of that? I didn't. Yeah, because no. I didn't. No, I I feel like if you're so smart, the first paragraph of your Wikipedia page is. is like that 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 word salad that i just tossed at you yeah then uh I, i'm almost not even sure that you would be impressed that your son won the academy award no she'd be like oh at 33 finally. yeah well 33 could have done it at 30 <laughs> right <laughs> yeah or like you know talk to me when he can explain the most asymptotically efficient known <laughs> algorithm for finding minimum spanning trees <laughs> what the what is that how is that even english <laughs> There are so many meaningless nouns in here. <laughs> linear linear time triangulation of a simple polygon. What the? I don't know. What, what that does is. a polygon have to do with time? I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that. I actually just I, I I read that and I was just I read it like three times and I was like I. Uh, have I forgotten how to how to use the language? I know all of those words. I know all I those words, but I have together. no idea what they mean together. Exactly. Um, splendid, splendid. It's used to be the other way around. The episode. Used to be the other way around. Okay, so here, here's one one just a random topic. I don't know if we'll be able to get any uh, uh, any work uh, on it, but um, any that is to say, I don't know if we'll be able to get any useful content out of it. 
going from famous to not famous is is normal and fine. I mean, the vast majority of people are not famous, and the number of people who are famous are usually famous for something that doesn't go on forever, forever, like a TV show or uh, being a newscaster or something like that. And then when they pass out of being in that position, people don't see them on TV every day, and so it's it's normal, it's natural to not be famous. Yeah. But there's this strange thing that people who have been briefly famous and are no longer, that is to say, there's a disturbing extent to which famous people are willing to mock them. Like, whatever happened to so-and-so? Whatever happened to blank? And it's no surprise that other people's attention is addictive. Like, you, when you have other people's attention, you want to keep having people's attention. But it's weird to to see how common and, and banal it is to punch down. Like, you're really famous. You know you're not going to be famous forever. But you're totally comfortable on air being like, hey, whatever happened to blank? Whatever happened yeah. to that guy? Whatever yeah. happened to that girl? Like, what do you think happened? The natural process of whatever happened to you in 10 years is going to be a question. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you, you just can't wait till they're not famous anymore. And you're like, hey. <laughs> Remember when you were famous? It's weird how it's no, like it's really common and normal to to have that kind of attitude it's it's easy easy to punch down hard to punch up fair yeah Yeah. that's true which is why you need this show because here we only punch sideways (laughs) (laughs) i was like where is he going with this a bit of a funny story so so i I go we go to this place to shoot the tv show it's like a studio and there's this woman here who's like kind of like a a salesperson slash assistant person And so she's the one who, like, takes care of us, quote-unquote. So she, like, makes sure we have everything we need, if the person's there on time, if we have, like, lunch, if we have all that shit. So every week she gives me or my buddy Mike a compliment. And it's, like, the compliments that day are to that one person. So the first week... Wait, what? Yeah, it's the fucking weirdest thing ever. She's, like, this older, like, 40, 50-year-old, like rounder black woman okay and she either compliments like so the first time we went she was complimenting me on like my uh my beard okay and i was like she's like oh it looks makes you look so much more so uh so much older so much more like dignified and all this shit and i was like thanks like <laughs> okay. okay and then so the next time she did the same thing for mike because he was wearing a burgundy shirt and she's like it goes so well with your, comp- your uh, complexion and i was like, I was like okay so then the last time we went, which was this week, this past week, I was looking for something and I crossed her office and she's like, Eric, Eric, Eric. So I'm like, okay. So I go back like two steps. I'm like, yo, hey, what's up? Right. And she's like, how are you? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, everything's okay. Like you don't need anything. I'm like, no, nah, we're good. Like, thanks for asking. And she's like, uh, are you, are you spoken for? Which, what? Yeah. So I was like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, and she's like, "You're gonna make such a girl the luckiest girl in the world one day." And yeah, like all this shit. And I'm like, uh, "Wow!" I'm like, "Thanks, but what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, so then I was like, as a joke, I was like, "Oh yeah, like I hope so." And she's like, "No, no, no, no. there's no hope. Like it's gonna happen. Oh Say it's gonna God. happen right now." And I was like, "The fuck is going on?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, see, you, see you then." <laughs> I just fucking walked away. <laughs> The fucking weirdest shit ever. So. So Mike's next. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm waiting for Wednesday. <laughs> Some shit's going to go down. <laughs> She's going to make a move on Mike, hopefully. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Do you think, like, does it seem to come from a place of, like, uh, does, it, does it seem to come from a place of, like, self-interest? I don't know, dude. I really don't know. <laughs> so cool I and weird. Know. Yeah. I, I don't think so, but... You, you right i've never received that many compliments in one days <laughs> is all i'm gonna say <laughs> like that one day was equal to my entire life my entire like two years let's say <laughs> it was fucked it was fucked <laughs> it's, it's very it's very um like the, the the experience of something like that is i think like very maybe unusual for a guy that's yeah. to say there's probably a lot of girls who are walking around who have yeah. really awkward conversations with sometimes older men who are just kind of like they're like wow like you've really grown like look how much you've grown like you know yeah and you're you've like, really really mm-hmm. filled up you know just sort of like, yeah, like oh what the what the fuck are you talking about yeah. like, <laughs> their dad's these. friends are like wow you've really become a woman it's like yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean gross right right and you have like i'm sure you must have like a lot of those particularly because older men can be really creepy and horny in ways you would never expect expect have i spoken on on the podcast about this before about the time we organized a high school reunion i think so yeah did that make it into the episode i'm not entirely sure because it was just it 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 was like the men the old men so we're talking about the this the guys in their 60s and their and, and their their 50s these guys were like rapacious. Like they, they were all over the place pinching bums and doing, we were getting all these yeah, complaints. Yeah. They were like, there are a lot of creepy old guys pinching bums in here. Like, who the, <laughs> who, who the fuck's grandpa is that? Exactly. Like, what the hell is going on? Very it's because they were some alcohol syrup. They got drunk and all of a sudden they, you know, is it a cultural thing? Who knows? Uh, it was, that was bizarre. Very Absolutely weird. bizarre. But just but all that to was say, my, yeah, yeah exactly. We're, you're just standing there and you're like, I don't know how to react There's to this. Strange lines are being crossed. Exactly. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, and ultimately because it's it's kind of you can you can always go back and be like, I was just giving you a compliment. Like it was totally innocent. And you're yeah. like, Yeah, but it was It was I a mean, weird thank you, but it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's fucking weird. It's, very, it's it not fucking weird. It's somewhere between inappropriate and just kind of like uncouth like there's like there's like a line between either saying like oh like i really like your shirt it like really like goes well with your style right which i told you many times because you're a snappy dresser exactly versus like (laughs) it's like fascinating over your yeah like there's a compliment and then there's like you you cross a line you're like okay relax there buddy like speaking of that actually i was one of the things i was thinking because i was trying to figure out what the hell i was gonna wear and i was trying to I'm, I literally am consciously trying to not wear the same, same shirt twice. I think I've worn this twice. I have no idea. We've only done 10 episodes. How the fuck do I not? It's a good thing no one sees us. Yeah, exactly. Well, eventually we're going to have to video these things. And yeah, okay. no that, I, I didn't need that actually. The hat, goes, the hat goes well. The hat? I wasn't even noticing that. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. But just all to say, it's not, uh, it just doesn't like enter my radar. Yeah. You know, like as I'm going to leave the house, I'm like, do I smell? Do I have all my shit together? Do I, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, At yeah, no yeah. point do I go in the mirror and be like, do my pants match my shirt? Or... No, yeah. For me, it's just like when you pick it out, a certain colors go with certain colors. Yeah, for you, it's natural. You always, you're always like well-dressed wherever <laughs> I see you. But okay, um, actually, I remember in just sort of, there's a random topic. I remember in high school, um, uh, one of our friends, 
uh, who was who was very stylish. She gave us a. She was so frustrated with how poorly we were dressing that she gave us a list of what goes with what. Legend. And it was I I, I use that list. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Fucking legend. Probably didn't use it very well, but that if was. You have, if you have any guy friends that don't know what the fuck they're wearing, please do that. Very helpful. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We don't. We we simply don't. Not only do we not understand how colors pair, but we we we. Uh, no, I was I was a I was a big like. Uh, breaker rule breaker of like plaid and uh what the fuck plaid and stripes i think and my sister my sister would be like what the fuck are you wearing and i'm like dude it's a shirt and a fucking pants like leave me alone exactly exactly yeah. well i would break i would break rules like uh you know dress shirt and gym shorts yeah you no, know it's it just just hit yeah. like you know rules that no one thinks you need to write down yeah yeah. You know, it's like, you know, there's the sign that says, like, don't feed the animals. Exactly. But if there's a sign underneath that says, like, don't fuck the animals. Yeah. Like, well, hey. What the hell had to happen for someone to put that sign? Exactly. Out? Well, you know. <laughs> we, as, as, yeah. as we and you two, our yeah. deep chagrin yeah. viewers had to uh, learn. No bucket required, baby. <laughs> you need to put that sign up. Yeah. You need to put that <laughs> sign up. As unlikely as it seems. Jesus Christ. Some people want to fuck the Oh, good God. Crazy. All right. On that note, I think we are going to wrap up this wonderful session of film and color. Um, as we mentioned in previous episodes, we would be willing, willing, we would be delighted to have a guest on the show. Um, so if you live in Montreal and you're a writer, a comic, um, a filmmaker, you work in the industry, um, or you just love movies and you want to sit down with us f uh, for a chat, uh, we would gladly have you. Uh, just uh, send, shoot us an email uh, and... Um, or do the social media thing. Sorry, so you got to do. I, I I don't I don't know. I still don't know. I'm. I said I was about to say Snapchat us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just do the social media thing. No, I, Instagram, Facebook, Film and Color podcast, or Film and Color. All right. Um. So you know, do those or things. Or Film and Color podcast at gmail .com, C O L O U R. All right. And uh, on that wonderful note, thank you so much for being with us and a huge thank you to all of our new listeners. Keep reaching out to us. Keep uh, rating, commenting, doing whatever you do. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. We keep growing every week and it's so much fun making these things that uh, just to, to, to be where we are right now on episode 10. Episode 10. We made it. We made it. So it's just been a trip and absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And one more. Thank you. Wow. Uh, I, I don't even want to send off because I, I guess I'm just ha I'm too connected. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for Film and Color, uh, this is Jesse. Eric. And this is us signing off. See you next time. Now we do the intro. <laughs> mm -hmm. The intro, the intro, intro, intro. Oh, oh, uh, the the. Uh, hi, I'm Jesse. I'm a novelist. I'm Eric. I'm a filmmaker. And this is Film and Color, Episode Ten. <laughs>